0: What's up, everybody? It's Andrea. Today, Beverly causes unnecessary brain damage. Jordy gets his groove back, and we ask the question, did Jordy ever have his groove? (laughs) Come nerd out with us.
1: Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host,
0: Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Sharice, today we're talking season three, episode 25, transfigurations and it rocks yes and oh my gosh it's episode 25 what girl what this is i i always think of this episode as like the last episode of season three because the next episode is that two-part one with the borg and it's like ah it's like one big part that rolls into season four so Mm -hmm. i always think of this one as like the season finale that makes sense yeah, a I good don't season know. finale. Yeah, versus it last week's episode, the which was shit. just Oh, uh... no. Fuck you, Minajah Troy. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I'm taking it real personal. Okay, this amazing episode was written by Renee Echevarria and directed by Tom Benko. The Enterprise discovers a crashed escape pod in an unexplored solar system. Investigating, they find there is one critically injured passenger in the pod, and the crew brings him aboard the ship. Dr. Crusher determines that the survivor will live due to this stranger's own amazing recuperative powers. The stranger awakens, but has no memory of who he is or what happened to him. Dr. Crusher also notes that the survivor's cells are undergoing a mutation in some way. So it's a little bit of a longer synopsis because I felt like this episode was just so dope. It needed a longer synopsis. Mm-hmm, that's fair. Also, I've just dispensed with the star date because I'm just, it's four, two, blah, 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 point, blah, like.
1: Eh. <laughs> well, that—that's certainly your prerogative. I don't keep a journal. I don't personally keep a log as we go through these. So, if you feel like the starting needs to go, then go it shall. Yeah,
0: I crumpled it up and threw it out like a scant uniform because it's just—it's we've done. <laughs> and then it. I done. it and put it on like a scant uniform,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: which is amazing because I actually do have a scant uniform from the original <laughs> series that I bought for a cosplay thing that I never actually got to do. So I'm just going to be Uhura for Halloween this year and it's going to be ridiculously cool. That's so And I'm cool. going to be in my house with like two people <laughs> in costume watching a movie because I feel like it.
1: <laughs> because my That God. sounds like the perfect 2021 kind of party, which is the time in which we are recording this right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my initial thoughts for this episode was, oh my gosh, this is going to be so great. Every time I see the little thumbnail for this episode and I remember the guy who turns into like a glowing light beam, it's like yeah. I get so excited because I just thought this was great. We finally get to see Beverly have a love interest that's not a terrorist. Um, yeah. Oh,
0: that's right. I forgot about <laughs> yeah, that
1: dude. Right. That random guy who was in love with her, but she was like, yeah, you keep killing people and I'm not turned on by that. So this yeah. guy's like, a it's very, against like, my good Hippocratic guy. oath. <laughs> it really is. But this guy's in line with her Hippocratic oath and yep. like such a sweet man and Wesley likes him. And I just, I just really like this really subtle, beautiful love story with Beverly. It's not creepy. There's no weirdo seduction or mind reading or just Mm-mm. like, there's nothing creepy here. It's just very cool. Plus the character himself is lovely and what he's going through is scientifically amazing. So yes. this is just a great, this was a great episode. What What were your initial thoughts?
0: Um, My initial thoughts were, ooh, it's the John Doe episode. And you're right. It feels like science fiction, but with the word science underlined. Like mm-hmm. it feels very sciency, but it's all technology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically it feels a little bit like Han Solo being like, "Bring me the hydro spanner," right? Where it's like you're just saying words, mm-hmm. but like it sounds sciency enough in in the universe that like I, I'm willing to like buy it. Um, the sets were amazing, like the mm-hmm. science lab and all that, like were really 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 cool, and I just love this episode because you're right, it is gentle, like nothing shocking happens, right? Like ships don't decloak and start firing on the enterprise and like all this shit. Right. It's like it's just sort of like a natural slow evolution of a story of a man who's on a journey and he's like almost at the end point of that journey. And I think that it's really, really beautiful in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. Yeah. And I and I will have some final thoughts, but going into it, I was like, oh, it's this one. And hopefully listeners, you're feeling the same way listening to us talk about this. Yeah. Getting
1: all the warm and fuzzies for sure. Yeah. So this episode starts out in 10 forward with Jordy and Worf having a drink at the bar. And there's a girl who, uh, you know, a woman who's having dinner with a friend or whatever, and Jordy's got a crush on her. And he like, kind of is like glancing back at her and, and looking back and sipping mm-hmm. his drink. And, you know, he he, sure thinks, is. he confides in Worf that he's interested in her and Worf's like, okay, well, like, you know, actually Worf goes to stare at her to be like, what, which woman are you talking about? And. Jordy points her out and then it's like, don't stare. Like he's going to, she's going to see. And he's like, good. She should see. Let her see the fire in your eyes, like a warrior and all this other stuff. And Jordy's just like, ugh, like why and, did I confide in Worf? Right. And
0: by the way, this girl is very clearly into him. Yes. And it's the same chick that rejected him hardcore on the holodeck. You remember that? He had this the like the beach. Same woman? It's the exact same girl. I went back and cross referenced and I went. Didn't he bomb out with her like a while back? He had the holodeck thing. He had the fucking the, the, the violin coco-no-nos. musician, the coco no Yeah. And now all of a sudden she's like, Well, hey, Jordy. Oh. Well, okay. sometimes well, it just takes
1: time. I'm not gonna be mad at her. I'm happy what? that Jordy got some game in this episode. I did,
0: I did think like it does happen. Like sometimes like somebody strikes out with you, and then a little later you're like, you know what, actually? let me give this guy a chance. Mm-hmm. So there, so that does happen.
1: That has literally happened to me where it's been like, they're coming on way too strong in the beginning because they're like nervous and that's a huge turn off. And then when they're not nervous and they're like a normal human, then I'm like, Hey, this guy's really cool. So that's, yeah. that has totally happened to yes. me before. So yes. I'm going to give her
0: that. I, I, st- I like didn't realize that was the same woman. It's the same girl. I do feel like it was such a flip-flop though. I feel like it would have been cool to just cast a new Person so. to be yeah. into him. I didn't recognize She was her, like so Jordy. Was no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. We're going to pretend it's a new person. Yeah. Jordy got his groove back in this episode. So not comes, yet. Not no, in the scene. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> he comes so, over. You know, she's she's dropping off her dishes. Hey, how's it going? You know, and he's just like, uh, fine. It's fine. H- how are things in engineering? She's asking all the talking points that you need to ask Jordy. So how's engineering? It's uh it's fine. (laughs) And Worf is like, oh, like watching this pathetic fucking display. And she's like, okay, well, I guess I'll see you around. She kind of touches him on his arm, gives him a little flirty look back and goes back. And Worf is like, I have much to teach you about women. And normally I would say false, but (laughs) Jordy needs to go to school because this was terrible. That's what Jordy needs to take
1: some lessons from Wesley. That's actually what I think he needs. Word. Because he's getting dates with the the cute ensign. He sure is. He sure is. And he's just got the confidence and he's got the skills and Worf is like kind of a nut butter, like when it comes to this kind of stuff. (laughs) Right. So like Jordy, uh, it's like when Wesley was looking for advice on girls and he went to like Jordy and you're like, no. And then he goes to like Worf and you're like, no. And he goes to Riker and you're like, well, maybe if you want to be like you know, a Yeah, You could be, yeah, you could be Riker. Like Riker obviously yeah. has experience, like lots of experience and he can be romantic. He can do all the stuff. But now I think tables have turned and Jordy needs some help from Wesley yes. in this area. Yep. But whatever, he
0: gets help from John Doe. So it actually ends up really, really nice in this episode. It works out great. Yeah, so now at this point, Riker calls Jordy to meet up with them and he's like, all right, leaving. And I did a little, I caught something and I was like, hmm. So I went back and I kind of did like a little... Frame by frame. Mm-hmm. Jordy gets up from his seat at the bar and okay. walks out. Uh-huh. He's dressed in his uniform. Nothing special added. Okay. Now you see him walking down the hallway and he's like, what's going on, commander? And he mm-hmm. has no idea what's going on. So he has no way to prepare for wh- whatever the fuck is happening. But now he's got a phaser on his belt. <laughs> I was like, huh, you walked out of 10 forward with no phaser on your belt. And you walked through the hallway and suddenly a phaser had appeared on your belt. And it's kind of it like that- the
1: episode with Roga Danar where like, he had like, he, he stole one phaser, but he had just had like <laughs> 10 phasers. And you're like, where's he getting <laughs> uh, his unlimited bottomless phasers from? Girl, he hit up the replicator. He's like, replicate 15 phasers. Go. I was yeah, like, he- didn't he blow up that phaser and then blow up the next phaser and blow up a <laughs> yes. third phaser? He only stole one phaser. What is going on? <laughs> it's yes. like that the enterprise is just apparently littered with phasers in every <laughs> hallway, every Jeffrey's
0: tube. It's, it's like, like it's fire like, it's extinguishers. Like a, yeah. It's like a bowl of candy. It's like, you just take it. They're <laughs> everywhere. Anyway. Yeah. You just strap a phaser on. So he's got a phaser on beta has a phaser and a tricorder. And because the uniforms Garrett Wong did tell us in that clubhouse room where we were chatting with him and he was so generous with his time. He spent hours talking to us. It was great. He's the guy who played, um, Harry Kim in Voyager. Yes. He said that the biggest hang up he had with the uniforms besides the fact that they were really hot because they're wool is that there were no pockets. Mm-hmm. Because you can't be, you know, a lot of times you know a lot of scenes you shoot like you're sitting down right. and pockets tend to buckle buckle up and pucker in po- weird ways. Yeah, pockets would get rid of that
1: beautiful smooth clean look that all the uniforms have. Yes. Pockets would add a little wrinkle to it. He exactly. also said it was very tight around the crotch and a lot of people were afraid they wouldn't have kids. (laughs) That was another complaint about the uniforms that you can't tell on screen. They just look amazing. But yeah, there's no pockets, which you mentioned back in season one when Data had that that finger trap. Oh yeah, yeah, And you were like, where is he even getting this from? What, how does he have a pipe or like just random stuff with no pockets?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yep. So (laughs) you got a phaser on, you know, everybody's all strapped up and ready to like roll out. And Crusher says, we picked up life signs, humanoid, very faint and fading. Um, why are you wasting time walking down the hallway? Beverly just beam right from sick bay down to the crash Mm. site faint and fading. There's no time. There's no time to be (laughs) linking up with the
1: gang Beverly. (laughs) Well, I mean, but however, if there's a crash on a planet and there's some life signs there, you don't know what caused the crash. You don't know what happened. There could be an explosive there. Like who knows what? So I think it's important for security to be there. She shouldn't just beam on her own. Um, So at the very least, Worf and Beverly should definitely be going. I'm not really sure why Jordy and Data were there, except for the fact that Data goes on all away missions because he's the second officer and that's like part of his job. And why did they need Geordi? I don't know. They did later on because they found some technology in the crash. And it was like, okay, like, yeah. But like in the away mission, I was just kind of like, I don't. And I feel like I have this question every time there's an away mission. There's really no rhyme or reason to who goes on the missions or why. It's like
0: Wesley, Jordy, Troyes go yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Like, what? You know, yeah exactly <laughs> gomez troy anthony go
0: Wait, who's anthony <laughs>
1: o'brien get down there what is going yeah. on
0: like y'all? yeah just, but like- the transport buffer sequence is a little shifty we'll find someone else <laughs> data's in machine he can figure it out yeah <laughs> so, whatever Th- these
1: four go right they take their sweet time and they get there and and they find out um first of all this set was really fun I was like, this, this set is cool. And it looks like that cat poop planet you were talking about before. Like it still had the, the kitty litter ground, Yep, yep. but it looked really cool. It didn't look like that stupid, you know, cute pig dog episode where everything looked bad. This looked really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and they find this guy and he's like on his last leg, like he's barely alive. And they're like, emergency Please. transport him to sick bay, which is exactly what you just said. Just do some emergency transporting. Like we don't have time to be walking around. And then she said, Beverly says he's too unstable to transport, which was like big question mark for me. Yes. I was like, what? Somebody can be too unstable to transport. I thought that was, that was a point of the transporters because it like beams you completely the way you are from one spot to another spot yes. without like jostling your spine. Or, you know, if somebody gets in a car accident, you're not supposed to touch them because you might yeah. be like messing up their spine and stuff like that. I was like, isn't that the whole point? Transporters don't do any of that; they just go poof, poof. But apparently, you could be not stable enough to even be in the transporter, which I did not know. So then she says, "We've got to stabilize his like brain waves with somebody else's brain waves mm-hmm. so that he's stable enough to transport." And Jordy's like, "I'm in. You know, I volunteer. Yes. Use my brain." And I was like, "Okay." Another big question mark. This I haven't seen before or
0: heard. This before. is totally new technology. It's really cool. Those little. What I'm going to call them electronic stabilizers—the little thingy strap on the head. Those we haven't seen those before. A couple of things. I don't know if you noticed, but this survivor has an arm missing. He's got his left arm is missing from about his bicep down, completely gone. Which I was like, oh, because you know later when he wakes up and he's moving, it absolutely is. Yeah, go back and look at it. It is absolutely missing. And I was like, what the hell? And uh, Hmm. And it's missing from like the bicep down, but it's like, kind of like healed over. Like, it's not like blood and like exposed. It's like healed over. Like when someone who wears a prosthetic arm or leg has just like a healed over. And then you like put the prosthesis like on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, that's really interesting. Hmm. Also. The makeup, like the exposed brain and teeth, I was like, "Holy shit!" First of all, I thought for sure this dude is dead. Your brain is exposed to the outside air, like you're not looking. That can't be good. (laughs) That cannot be good. And then Beverly does the thing that I will never fucking forgive her for. Did she take? Puts, she take her vital signs? <laughs> did she do that? No. I could have missed she did, it. Okay. She did. She did take his vital signs and stuff because she. No, that's I mean, did how she, she like put
1: able two fingers under his chin. No. Like, always, no. No. Okay. No.
0: She put the little electronic, the the, the like transponder, the neurotransmitter on Jordy's forehead, which means it can go on your forehead. This dude's yes. forehead was fine, and she put it on his fucking exposed brain with her dirty fingers. <laughs> you could kill him <laughs> for that, <laughs> Beverly. <laughs> You know what? You're give me your doctor's pips. You're fired. You're fired, <laughs> Beverly. You you could put a neurotransmitter on somebody's
1: Just perfectly forehead, fine yeah. and clean
0: mm-hmm. forehead, and you had to dig your fingers into his brain. How did you miss that, Trace? I was like, oh, like when I was watching it, I was like, no, Never
1: I missed leave. it completely. So I just I was focused on I'm
0: shocked. I am shocked.
1: I was focused on the actual <laughs> like the makeup of like the blood and stuff. I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, half his face is torn off. And then I was also focused on like the whole idea of the neurotransmitters stabilizing someone's brainwaves. Yeah, that was really cool. Because I was that like was super Wait. cool. Like so that whole scene, I was just going, I don't remember this scene at all. And so I was trying to think of how that technology could work, what exactly it's doing. And I know it transmits, it ends up transmitting a little bit of John Doe into Jordy somehow. Yes, But yes. again, and I guess it's like a Vulcan mind meld where you kind of like share little pieces of who you are through your brain. Yeah, But yeah. that's what I was focused on. So I didn't notice that at all. I was just going, how does this work? And how would it work? And what's it connecting? And is, it, <laughs> is, it, is it memories that get transferred? Is it emotions or is it personality? Like I was just so focused on like, how does this technology work? It's so cool. Yeah. I feel yes. like we never see this again. We do see neural transmitters again. We do see, mm, we do, yeah. Stuff, but this whole like,
0: Stabilizing your mind and then like sharing stuff. What? Yeah, that was that was super cool. That's cool. That was really cool. Yeah, I, I had like a major meltdown when I saw that she was touching his <laughs> exposed brain with her fingers. I'm like, you you can just kill a man just by touching his exposed brain. Like, never mind that you're strapping like a device onto his exposed brain. Also, I was waiting for like the squishy sound effect. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I was like, Ew. it was like squish squish, oh, like gosh. strapping this thing on. I was like, no no no, Beverly. If even Riker, who has no medical knowledge was like, are you sure about this? Like this was <laughs> Beverly. He was doing the, like shaking his head thing. Like, mm, that was a bad move anyway. So as this happens, you know, Beverly's like, take slow, steady breaths. If anything happens, I'll sever the connection, which is amazing that she could do it remotely from her tr- tr- tricorder. Mm-hmm. And then we see this little beam of light shoot from the survivor right into the neurotransmitter on Jordy's forehead. Now, my question is this, was that little beam of light meant for just the audience to see and understand, or did the away team also see it because Jordy did like a gasping breath and Beverly was like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. But if I were anybody on the away team, I'd be like, Whoa, beam of light just like shot into his head, like sever the connection now. Like we don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah. I think it was not for the audience. I think they,
1: I think nobody was looking at Jordy. That's why they missed it. Because oh. later on when John Doe has those glows of light, people are, people can see it. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Oh so God, I think sorry. they
1: could have seen it if someone, yeah, I think they could have seen it if someone was looking at Jordi, but they were kind of looking ah. at John, they were looking at the surroundings, like just nobody okay. had to catch that. that and makes it was for the sense. audience's benefit that the camera was zoomed in on Jordi. Like that makes sense. So that we know something just happened and that we know something weird's going on. Cause where'd that light come from?
0: Yeah. What, what's happening? Yeah. Yes. The, well, it was really cool. So yeah, he's like, I'm good. I'm good. Let's beam him away. And then we cut to credits and I was like, that's a super cool place to end. Mm -hmm. because i keep thinking back to captain's holiday when when troy is like our captain needs a holiday like space the final frontier this is not the time to end okay whatever (laughs) so they end on a perfect note we go right into credits and coming back out of credits we're in this new surgery lab that we've never seen before that set is so effing cool it's like a surgery table mm-hmm. with like blue liquid and red liquid. Beverly loves herself some blue and red liquid. Mm-hmm. Because that starts to develop as a pattern as the series develops further, the the like sick base set has like little blue and red jars all over. <laughs> it's like you she know really what? loves the, that liquid. You know
1: what? There's something about this this liquid and the visuals of it. So I used to work with middle school students and I would do little experiments with them and stuff and, you know, do little games. And I would always use food coloring, which as you know, comes in the pack of four where you get red, yellow, green, and blue. Well, mm-hmm. when you're trying to do something very visual, the yellow is too light. Like you can't yes. really see it from a distance. And also it looks like pee. and also they're middle school students. Yes. So it's like yellow's out, right? Yeah. But then you come to red and sometimes you have the problem that red looks like blood, which can get kind of weird, but red looks really good. Like it's dark. It's clear. And you have green and blue that are too similar to really put next to each other. So you kind of have to pick one. So to me, I feel like all the liquids we see are always green or red or blue. Yes. That's it. Because that's what shows up really well on camera. Yeah. And it gives you that strong visual. And I think it's just very aesthetically pleasing. So I am happy with yes. all the red and blue liquids. Oh and, no, yeah, like, I love it. The Borg it. are always green, right? They and the Romulans are green, and like we have a lot of like yeah. the green glow, and it just looks very cool. And it's hard to do yellow because it never looks good on people. It doesn't look good. Yeah, it's yes. just, it's like we have limited options, and I think yeah. those ones are really pretty and somehow feel sciency.
0: It does. It feels science-y very We do get a lot of yellow in this episode, but it's coming from John and it's right. a light it's thing and, glowy it's, light. and it's in, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's in post-production that they do all that, but like on the set, the blue and the red liquid looked amazing. Now I found Sharice, this really, really cool website. Cause you know, I just love a good deep dive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this surgery lab is really rad, but I feel like I've seen this table before. Mm-hmm. And I found a website that I want to give a shout out to. I may be butchering the name, but I will spell it out. If any likes... Trek hyper nerds like me want to like go on this website. It's called X astric scientia. And it is every piece of technology explained. And by explained I mean like a close up of it and cross reference to every other time that that bit of technology shows up anywhere else in the Trek universe. So I discovered by looking at this X asterisk scientia website that this surgery table that John Doe is on is the exact same cloning table that Riker and Pulaski were being cloned in on the Mariposa episode. I was like, that's amazing. Never would have known. What I love about that is it like helps, you know,
1: when the, when all the props and stuff are being reused, which I just think it's really cool how they mix and match those things to make rooms look like totally, totally different. I'm always amazed by that. You know, they, they move the props, they move the camera and suddenly you're in a totally different space And sometimes like very, very, very rarely I'll recognize something and be like, Hey, that's kind of like this other thing, but almost never. Right. Because that's the point it's supposed to be this big illusion. So I think it's new and different. Yeah. So I think it's really impressive that these people, whoever created this website has gone through the trouble of
0: indexing everything on the show. So then I don't even have to think that hard. I can Everything. just Everything. And the website is really interesting. It's not sort of laid out like a story. It's laid out like a reference manual. It's mm-hmm. really, really rad. And they also have the like pre-Ultra HD and then after like remastered Ultra HD. And like it has shot for shots next to each other. And you can see like, you know, pre-remastering and post-remastering, like the the color of that sun is just a little different, or like the shades mm-hmm. of gray on that planet, just a little different. So major, major props, no, no pun intended, to <laughs> X Astra <laughs> Scientia because they absolutely crushed it. And like it's I'm gonna start using that site as like a reference point. So mm-hmm. it is spelled for all the X. Yeah. Anybody who wants to check out this website, it is spelled because I may be saying it wrong, E-X, a new word, A-S-T-R-I-S new word, S-C-I-E-N-T-I-A, Scientia, X astra Scientia. They, they're they amazing. Thank you guys for putting this together because it, it's, just, it, it's just an incredible resource and it took so much time. So yeah, I got to see that. I was like, hey, that's the cloning table. Like, oh, it really is. And it's used in next week's episode also, which we'll talk about. So that was really cool. Now, as Beverly is doing all this surgery, she's like, massive infection is setting in. So naturally- as doctors are ought to do. She orders a placer to stabilize his immune system, which I was like, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, all checks out. I was just checking off my list as I was watching. I was like, I like that's exactly what I would have ordered. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would have ordered too, honestly, but whatever, Beverly, <laughs> that's fine. Um, now we, we kind of jump over to the bridge and Riker is bringing Picard up to speed on what's happening. And th- it turns out this was an escape pod and it appeared to have left a larger ship that was destroyed. And I love that sensors can do this. Worf detects that there's evidence of phaser fire is detected in the space above the planet, leading us to believe that there was some sort of battle that happened. Mm -hmm. And this escape pod jettisoned and all they could recover from the pod's computer is this incredibly cool looking like blue glass jar. Mm -hmm. Looks like a gel capsule. Yes. They call it the,
1: what do they call it? The storage capsule, but it looks like a big gel capsule, like a giant NyQuil.
0: Yes, like a giant NyQuil the size of a football mm-hmm. with like some fiber optic fiber optic cable sticking out of it. It was so cool. So cool. It was so, so cool. cool. And like, who would even think that? Who would
1: even think like, okay, we need a black box from this escape pod. Now yes. let's make it look like a giant NyQuil. Like who even had that thought? Whoever that was, you are a genius because it mm-hmm. was beautiful and it looked so cool. And you're like, that totally feels like a future thing because it's like there's goo in it, but it's yep. got information in it. What? Like it looked yes. really cool. And every time they held it up to the, to the light, it was like, Ooh, that's a really pretty, Yeah, drop.
0: like a blue gel cap. Also, now that you say NyQuil, every time I look at that, I'm going to be like, man, I'm feeling a little drowsy Like just <laughs> look at it. It is really cool. So they were like, okay, data, is there a way to kind of connect us to the computer? And he's like, it's going to take some time because. We don't have a language in the universal translator system that matches with this. So we have to like, kind of like create a whole new system, which right. is really mm-hmm. cool. And we do find out later that it's not just a black box. It's like a biochemical memory storage system that has like mm-hmm. mRNA in it that forms mm-hmm. like memories and stores. Them right, that way, that they store, like,
1: Yeah, they store information on mRNA inside of the gel capsule, which is just like, again, mind blowing. So at
0: this point. Picard checks in with Dr. Crusher and she's pointing out that the patient has like incredible recuperative power. She's like, he really is coming along and I wish I could take credit, but like, it seems like it's all him. And also his cells seem to be mutating like crazy, which could be part of this recuperation that his body is doing, or it could be something different, but let's keep an eye on that. And also his arm is back.
1: Also his arm is back. And I think his face was bandaged at first when they brought him on board but I think at this point when Picard sees him, maybe his bandage is gone. Like his face is not all they bloody. Did, I don't remember. They did,
0: they did put this like super cool, like kind of like it almost looked like a little heating pad type thing, but it's like to mm-hmm. cover like the exposed brain. I was like, you guys just have those lying around that. That thing looks amazing. I was like, I'm I sure need they one of those. replicated it. But yeah, it looks like sure a they cast, did. but for like the
1: half of a face, it was yes. very
0: cool. Like, yeah, it was just very cool. It was really, really neat. Now, meanwhile, all this is happening. Cherise, Geordi is running around and feeling great. He is feeling good about himself. He puts, and he keeps saying it. I feel wonderful. I feel amazing. I feel great. Yep. Which just so good. To which see. right off, which right off the bat, I'm happy to see. And also, Jordy, we're gonna need to run another bio scan because you never run around feeling this great. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you got a beam of light from the survivor into your forehead, and you're running around feeling great. Feel like maybe we should check you out. But whatever. I love that this, by the way, never goes away for Jordy. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like I healed him, like I gave him a gift and then I took it away. Yeah, it's like he's Mm -hmm. just running around feeling great. He puts the ultimate moves on Christy. Oh my God, he's so charming. And they leave together arm in arm. Mm -hmm. And Worf says to Data, I've been tutoring him. And I was like, yes, Worf, take credit for none of this. <laughs> <laughs> Worf did nothing. This just happened like two hours ago that he bombed mm-hmm. with this chick really hard. Mm-hmm. And Worf's like, I've been tutoring him. <laughs> He's a fast study.
1: Yeah, I thought that was that was really funny. So we, we're in 10 forward and we kind of get a do-over where Jordy and Wesley are talking about, or Jordy and Data are talking about the capsule, talking, 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 talking. And Worf is getting irritated because they're supposed to be drinking right now. And he's like, less talk, more sent the hall. Like they're just supposed to be drinking and hanging out and, but they're just talking shop. And so Jordy sees Christie by the bar and is like, you know what? You're right. This can totally wait. And he just goes and charms the pants off of her. Not literally at this moment later on, he charms the pants off her, but here he sure just does. Like invites himself to a date with her. And she's like, all right, let's do it. And it was like very sweet and normal and like not weird, which is what Jordy was on that first date with the Coco no-nos. It was like too much. And here it's just like, oh, you're going for a walk let me walk with you. And it was very nice.
0: Yeah. And she was like, I didn't think you would be into that kind of thing, going to the arboretum. And he's like, there's a lot of things you don't know about me, which I was like, Woo woo, go Jordy. That's the perfect (laughs) line. It's not creepy. It's titillating. Now this patient that still doesn't have a name is John Doe, which happens all the time. I actually had a friend who was in a car accident and lost his temporary memory. And they couldn't identify him in the hospital. So he was a John Doe for like three to four days. And then Mm. they were able to identify him, which is crazy. So I didn't know that hospitals really do this. So he was healed enough to be off that emergency biosupport unit. And in just 36 hours, most of his organs have regenerated. And that's amazing. And he comes to, and he grabs Beverly and he says, I'm alive. And then he says, Thank you for my life, which I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. this is a good person right here. And then we get the bum bum bum, which is, um, who am I? Right, right. Like, oh oh,
1: and then you're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Didn't see that one coming. And she's like, I yes. thought you were
0: gonna tell, but now I have to tell you. But I don't. Re- mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Now, uh-oh. so yeah. so we have an amnesiac patient, which of course I did a little bit of a deep dive on amnesia. Cause I was like, well, there's, I did not know this, but there are several different types. Um, and amnesia is just such an interesting thing. Like these sort of like, um, neurological disorders are fascinating because we just still don't understand very much about the brain. So Sharice, there are four main types of amnesia. There's retrograde amnesia, which is what is most common with like people that have like dementia where Mm -hmm. you just start losing your existing memories. And usually it, it it affects the most recent memories first. So like your childhood memories are like the last to go. Mm -hmm. There's also retrograde amnesia, which means you can't form new memories. Now Mm -hmm. this happens often when people are like in a blackout due to like drinking too much or Mm -hmm. drug use. And -hmm. when they like, you know, wake up the next morning, they're like, what happened? And you just get like little bits and pieces of like some wild night you had or something. That's, that's enterograde transient global amnesia is like the the least understood of all the amnesias. Um, It's oftentimes like results in like seizure activity or like blockages of blood vessels supplying your brain. And it's more frequent in like middle-aged and older adults, but TGA is really, really not well understood. And then we all have this infantile amnesia where we can't remember the first like three to five years of our life. So everybody's got infantile amnesia, unless you're somebody who can remember your life experience as like a two-year-old or a one-year-old. Yeah. Anyway, so John Doe seems to have retrograde amnesia. He can't remember. And he's got like, it seems like complete retrograde amnesia, like all the way back to like childhood. Like he has no idea what his name is, Mm -hmm. who he is certainly not how he got into this situation, what they were running from, like nothing. He's got nothing, absolutely nothing, but he still has all the muscle memory. He can talk. He, he knows like how to think Mm -hmm. like
1: all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. And that is really, really interesting. It's sort of that like born identity kind of thing where it's like, you don't know who you are, Mm -hmm. what your purpose is, but you can, all your skills are there. Yeah. All your skills are there. And you can like talk and walk and pass around in like society, like get on a bus and all this stuff. So it's really interesting. So, okay. Now we get a little bit of a time jump. In the in, in the enterprise, where a month has passed, and John Doe is ready to kind of start learning how to walk again, he makes a few passes. He kind of collapses a little yeah. bit. Did you see
1: that cool laser light thing? No. In what the sick laser bay, light in the sick bay, that he was she was giving him a treatment before he started walking. He was like laying back in this I don't know chair or something, kind of like an, an
0: optometrist was, chair.
1: Yes, and there was a huge laser in the ceiling that was like beaming down on his arms and like. Massaging his muscles or something—I don't know what it was doing. It was some kind of laser light treatment, and I was like, "What?" Like I was just like, my mind was blown by technology in this episode. Um, and after that, then she put on the motor assist bands on his arms and legs that help him walk since he hasn't actually walked in over a month, and his muscles supposedly have atrophied. Although, how could they atrophy if his body's regenerating all the time?
0: I don't know. You grew—you grew a whole
1: arm in in like like thirty-six hours. hours. Mm -hmm. I think your muscles like, are probably fine. That's
0: some like Harry Potter level, like magical <laughs> fucking medical. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. He but just, yeah, but he does start walking around and he's like, I got it. And then he falls and he's like, I don't got it. But he kind of sort of has it, um, which is amazing.
0: Now Beverly and, you know, Picard kind of jumps in and he's, he's observing John walking around and he catches John as John sort of like kind of falls forward a little bit too. And Beverly and Picard go off to talk and John has this like wave of pain. We don't see a glow. But we hear the sizzle sound, which is the wave of pain. And it's like, it's happened before. So now we know it's like mm, your body, the, 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 like mutation doesn't seem to be a result of this regeneration of your body because your body is like almost completely regenerated. And now you're having these like weird waves of pain, super weird. Mm-hmm. And that then we
1: maybe not be related to your injuries either.
0: Like, yeah. It seems like
1: a different thing.
0: Yes. It's, it seems like a different thing. Now we flash into Jordy and Christy standing in the turbo lift K I S S I N G. (laughs) They don't even stop when Riker is like at the door. They're like, I guess I'll see you later. Okay. I'll bring my toothbrush over. Okay. (laughs) Or whatever they're saying. And Riker's just standing there. And I love a good, delighted Riker. His Mm -hmm. like delighted face, his like amused face is Mm -hmm. so good. Jonathan Frakes so fucking sexy with the like amused face, the little smirk.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Riker's like, you know, and Christy's like commander. And he's like, nice to see you. And he gets in the, yeah. um, the turbo lift and he's like him. So Jordy, you know, like what what's going, going on? on? Yeah. And Jordy's just like, I don't know. I just feel great. He's like, everything's been going my way for the past month. I've just been really lucky. Everything's just been lining up. The world is awesome. And Riker's like, I don't think the world has changed, buddy. I think it's you. You've changed. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, and he's like, yeah, you have. And he's like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm a little more confident. And it's like amazing that Jordy doesn't even realize he's changed. He just thinks he's lucky. He just thinks everything in the world is working out and he's not questioning it. And, um, mm-hmm. until this moment when Riker's like, no, something about you has changed. I think and it's I think you dude. Yeah. <laughs> he starts putting, putting the pieces together of like, huh, something in me has changed. I do feel more confident. Where did that come from? And he kind of backtracks it to be like, I think it was John, like by the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but man, it's just, it feels really good to see Jordy winning. Not that he's ever losing, but usually just see him working all the time. And it just feels yeah. good to see him happy.
0: It's good to see him happy. It's good to see him really engaged with someone that is equally invested with him. Yeah. Too. And not just that, I like that. I, that's one
1: part that he had been striking out in love Um, that's now working, but I also, it's everything like in with the capsule, you know, he's just got this energy and enthusiasm for, for figuring it out. It's not just like, okay, let's get this done. Like, come on, let's just get Wesley in here. He'll figure it out. Like, instead he's like, I've got this idea. I've got this other idea. It's like this whole life is just, he's on, he's just on and it's beautiful to see.
0: Yes. Now I I agree with you completely. Like he really is just firing on all cylinders and it's really good to see because everybody loves Jordy, you know, Mm -hmm. and he has been just amazing at his job, but now like he's really developing more as a character. And I love to see that. Um, So chief O'Brien comes into sick bay now, and he's got an injury from a holodeck kayaking accident. And this is the first time that his love of kayaking is mentioned, which I read follows through all the way through deep space nine. Like the dude is always trying to get to the holodeck and go kayaking. And he kind of pulled out his shoulder. I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Cause I don't watch DS nine, but whatever. I was like, okay, so this is like the first time this is mentioned. And Beverly has taken her sweet time getting like, you know, the hypo spray or whatever he needs. And so he's like, I'm dying here doc. And John instinctually reaches out to him and touches his shoulder. And you see like kind of a wave of light mm-hmm. and, and the injury's gone. He's completely healed the injury. And Beverly comes over and she's like, try quartering O'Brien's shoulder. And she's like, the injury's totally gone. Like everything's gone. How did you do that? And John's like, I don't know. I just did it on instinct. And it felt very similar to me to like the Green Mile. Mm-hmm. That movie where like the prisoner just like knows how to heal people by mm-hmm. instinct, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, some supernatural shit. Um, so Beverly is super intrigued by this guy. She really is. They have formed like a friendship and a trust and a bond. And it's like more than friends, but you never see anything actually cross over into more than friendship.
1: Right. Because Beverly's also maintaining her professional distance. She's totally into this guy, but also she's like, that's not appropriate. I'm his doctor. You know, like he would only like I'm in Starfleet. Damn it. Yeah. And also, (laughs) you know, and like the the Florence Nightingale effect, right? Like she doesn't want to to misread his intentions or have him like her just because she is the healer in the situation. And so it just makes it like, Oh, I can't like date a patient, which if that's true, Beverly can never date anyone. She's the only freaking doctor on this whole entire show. The only one there's one nurse that we saw in the surgery unit. We do get a a couple nurses throughout the show, but but, she's the doctor. She's the one doctor apparently on the whole enterprise. So it's like, you're never going to date anyone. You're not the captain. You can date whoever you want. Like you could, yeah. But I could see why it'd be weird dating a patient, but in this case, it doesn't seem weird at all. Like it yes. seems like it doesn't seem weird at all. And you're just like, yes, do it. Beverly do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Beverly, Beverly uh, asks Wesley to join her for dinner. And I love that they're having dinner, her quarters, this relationship where they're treating each other as like equals is so lovely because mm-hmm. parents almost never t- treat their kids, no matter how grown they are as equals or adults. And it was also nice to see Beverly having dinner with her son, because we don't see them like interfacing as much. Yeah. Right. Cause he's older and he's got his own duties and he's a full ensign now, not just acting ensign. And when she does have dinner, it's usually was like Picard or Doppelganger Picard. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is great. And she openly says like, she finds John very attractive and intriguing. That's because Wesley
1: kept pushing her. Wesley was like, so, uh, cause she said something like, you know, everybody, the whole medical staff is really impressed with John and his, his growth or whatever. yeah. And Wesley's like, uh, mom, you seem a bit taken with him as well. And she's like, well, I mean, you know, he's, he's nice or whatever. He's, he's a friend or whatever she says. And he's like, mom, I think it's a little bit more than that. You know, she keeps kind of like gently pushing like "Ah him, you like him, just say
0: it. And she's like, no, maybe a little. (laughs) See, I thought that was really cute because when you have a 17 year old talking to their parents Everything about their parents grosses that kid out. Yeah. Ew, you have a crush on someone. Ew, you have sex. Ew, you have this and that. It's like, no, but but you know we're just people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought it was really cute to see him kind of like treating her as a friend. Like I don't know, seems like a little bit more than just a friendship. And she's like, maybe, but you know, I'm his doctor. So and and Wesley is smiling. And how freaking cute is he in his uniform? By the way, he's adorbs. He's I love always it. adorable though. But yeah, I like
1: I, I really love this scene of just as you said, like them as equals having this intimate conversation, that's very sweet and yeah. you know, unusual. I don't know any 17 year old who would have this conversation with their mom, but I loved it in the show because yeah. like, you know, this is what, this is what nineties television does really great is it shows these like healthy family structures that are like completely unbelievable, but also beautiful. Um, and I like that. I love that Wesley likes him and likes him for Beverly. And mm-hmm. is like, yes, I am. I am on team you like, dude, like go for this. I'm all about yes. it. Like, it's just, it's got to
0: feel great. Right. To have it your really kid does.
1: camping Be your like, love life.
0: Yeah, totally. Now we, we kind of flashback to Jordy, who is again, firing on all cylinders. He's figuring out that maybe the storage capsule is like a biochemical memory storage system. And it uses MRNA to store its information. And it was super cool watching data and Geordi like extrapolate and hypothesize their way to the answer with the computer. And they're like, computer, assume that all of these are pulsars now overlay with blah, blah, blah. And it was just so fucking cool. I was like, it's, Oh, we've gotten to the answer. Yeah, it felt a it. little,
1: it felt a little Sherlock's Sherlock Holmes, the way they yes. were like peeling back all the layers, yes. which was so great. And then they figured it out and they're just like, Oh yeah, it's a star chart. And here it go. It just, just was like, wow. I okay didn't see that didn't see any of that coming and -hmm. they're like we have using this information you know they told the computer to extrapolate point of origin so they found the planet where the ship originally came from yeah they're like perfect that planet is actually on the way to where we're going it's like a stop along the way yeah we'll just kind of like stop there and drop John off and keep it moving Mm -hmm. (laughs) turns out
0: turns out once Picard tells John that he's like I can't go back there I can't. And he remembers that there were several people with him, and he remembers that they were fleeing. But who and why? It's still a mystery to him. Mm-hmm. Which again, it's like amnesia is so interesting because you can get little snippets, but like mm. you you may not know the reason why, but you know that like there were two people with you, right? So and you know what? It's kind of like emotional memory
1: because like babies yes. have that. Infants who can't talk or communicate or don't know what things are called or whatever can get scared. They can get hungry. They can get mad. They can be their, their emotions. It's more primal. It's deeper than yeah. like, you know, conversation. So it makes sense that he has a feeling of like danger, a feeling of flea, even if he doesn't have the words to articulate why and all the little details. So now Picard's in a, in a really tight spot because they have their full intention is to take him home. And he's just like, I cannot, I can't go there. And he's like, what? So he just says, you know what? We're, it's going to be three weeks before we actually get there. So hopefully by the time we get to your planet, because we still have every intention of going there, hopefully your memory will have come back and then we'll Mm -hmm. know what we're dealing with. Yeah. Either way, you can't stay on
0: Enterprise forever, I guess. Yeah. I guess we could drop you off at a Starbase maybe, but whatever. Otherwise. Yeah. And I mean, it's absolutely John's prerogative to be like, no, I can't go back there. And they're like, all right, well, next stop we make, like you can get off and go somewhere else whatever um now picard and beverly leave the room and john like collapses from this like wave of pain and these waves of pain are getting bigger and bigger and now we start seeing these like light pulses coming out of him right and things are just getting worse and beverly takes john on a trip you know a trip around the enterprise for a tour and they go to 10 forward and he's wearing this ridiculously cool slash uncomfortable looking like knit one-piece turtleneck onesie and shows a little too much and they both mm-hmm. you can see start- it's cold in there. It, and, it, <laughs> it was. and I was like, man, this
1: dude must be in like everybody on the show, must be in insanely good shape because these uniforms are painted on these people. They really, really are. Oof, they really are. The future are. is
0: brutal. The future <laughs> is brutal. The future is brutal. Um, John knows that he's on some kind of journey. And I love that both Beverly and John openly admit to each other like how much their friendship. Means to to each of them, mm-hmm. and how they're like it's like more than friendship, you know. And I can't tell you like how much your words like warm my heart. So I was like, cool. Like John is the perfect person for Beverly. He's a natural mm-hmm. born healer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like warm and kind, he's thoughtful, thoughtful, mm-hmm. and he knows well enough to not be touching a man's exposed brain. So I mean, he could help mm-hmm. her out in that department as well. Mm-hmm. But he he's like perfect for her. I thought mm-hmm. it was really sweet. Now as this is happening a ship appears from far away and is heading to intercept and it's heading at warp 9.72. Like they mean business. They mean business. Mm-hmm. And it's too far away to get to communications range. You know, it's like, they're just out of communication. They're like, all right, well just keep us appraised of like what happens with the ship. But, but they'll be heading. there pretty soon. So they will be there we no soon. longer
1: have the three weeks that we thought we had. We now have no. like minutes.
0: Yeah. We have maybe three hours at that. And John is having these like light pain collapses again, and it's getting worse and worse. So he, immediately is like, I have to get off the ship. And it reminded me a lot of like the um, Picard from like four hours in the future Mm -hmm. kind of thing where it's like, he just is like, I have to get off the ship. I have to get off the ship, but he's not really speaking logically. Right. And, and he runs into this shuttle bay where Jordan and his team are working, doing some kind of work on a shuttlecraft called the El-Baz. Turns out Farouk El-Baz was the key scientist who helped NASA plan and identify the moon landing location for the uh, Apollo 11 Moon landing in 1969. That's that was cool. super cool. That, that was like, cool. hey, this dude is getting like a shout-out, like the El shuttle, shuttlecraft. Now he he tries to steal the shuttlecraft and but not by like, going into the
1: shuttle. He actually goes to like the balcony above in the yeah. shuttle bay to open up the shuttle bay doors. So he goes to this uh this um workstation where nobody's at, and mm-hmm. he's trying to open up the shuttle bay doors. And then I guess his plan is to run downstairs and get into the shuttle really fast and like fly away. Because he just needs to get out and he needs to get away and he needs to get away now. And he explains yes. later that he feels like he's a danger to to others, himself and yes. others. Yes. And I think part of it is he doesn't want to hurt anybody. And part of it is he doesn't want to meet his people. He just has this instinctive, like, you need to flee. So he's up yes. there tinkering. And while he's tinkering, Beverly comes in with the, with the security force. And they're like, oh, there he is. He's up on the balcony. Like, yep. stop what you're doing, John. Come down. Leave everything alone. And he's just like, I can't. I have to get out of here. I'm really, really sorry. So then Worf goes up alone to confront him, to make him step away from the panel and come with me, sir. Mm -hmm. Um, And Worf has a phaser. He's like, I don't want to hurt you, but you need to stop. And John says, I don't want to hurt you. You need to stop. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. stay away from me. I'm dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I can't control it. And at that moment, a huge light beam comes out of John and pushes Worf over the balcony where he falls and breaks his neck and dies and John didn't even touch him. It was just like the power of some force radiating from him when he, yeah. um, you know, which caused him pain. So he didn't have yeah, that do on purpose that blew like wharf off the catwalk. Yeah. which is and crazy. It's yeah, it was crazy. It's like, it's not like he pushed him or they were like, you know, they were wrestling and he accidentally tripped or something like that. It was just a light wave came and knocked him over and you're like, Oh crap. And then he dies. And Beverly is like, okay, she's going to, even though he's dead, She's saying prep the resuscitation team. Like she calls into sick bay. She's like emergency prep the resuscitation team. So they're going to beam him site to site to sick bay. And they've got a whole team that brings people back to life after they've broken their neck, which I think is amazing. But while she's doing that and trying to prep, John walks down from the balcony from the catwalk. Yep. And just touches Worf and brings him back to life. And everyone's like, oh, it just happened. Yeah. Yes. And he's no longer trying to run because he wants to make sure Worf's Okay.
0: But also, we're kind of like, if he wanted to
1: leave, he kind of could, guys. (laughs) Yeah, he could kind of leave if he wanted to.
0: (laughs) I really don't think anybody can stop him at this point, unless you like stun him or kill him with the phaser.
1: Really, really
0: don't. Yeah, and we're
1: not having a lot of confidence that these phases are going to do anything to him right now. No,
0: no, no, not really. Not really. Now, yeah, he he ends up like bringing Worf back from the freaking dead, and they're like okay, I think we all need to take a pause here. (laughs) That's what's happening. And John is like, I don't have any answers. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't know. Now this happens right at the time where this fucking ship shows up. And Picard is like, just trying to get to the bottom of this. And this new Captain Sunad demands the return of John. He says he was a prisoner, like in a transport vessel and the others have been killed and he's disrupting the natural order of things in the world. And he needs to be turned he's over a, he's a dangerous criminal is what he says. He's a dangerous criminal. Yes. He's a rogue denar, Danar and he needs to come back because we're going to execute him. And of course, Beverly, as I would be, is like, uh, no, th- this man is like, it, no, this is just not who this person is. And, because, and also we didn't save his life so that he could be executed. Yeah. There's no reason to even do that. So. Picard comes back and he's like, okay, so before I like release him to you, I think I'm going to need a little bit more information. Like, what are these charges? Like disrupting the natural order of things is a little bit too like ephemeral, you know, Mm -hmm. to to put somebody to death, which, you know, I'm not trying to prime direct of you and tell you how to run your world, but like now you're on our, in our space, in our time, like we're not on your planet telling you how to do things, but like, we're also not just going to like willy nilly hand somebody over for execution. Which, again, is totally breaking the prime directive because that's their law.
1: If he's an escape prisoner, they just need to give him back.
0: Yeah. There's no yeah. there's
1: no talking. There's no reason why Picard needs to know the details of his crime. How did how did the trial go? What kind of lawyer did he have? Like, none of yeah. that matters. Like, yes. this is not your concern. He's an escape prisoner from this planet. Your job is to return him to this planet and it's their job to do whatever they were going to do, which was execute him. Yeah. So Picard is basically just stalling and he's asking all these questions trying to somehow negotiate not having John killed. Yeah. Um, but really all of this totally breaks the prime directive and he has no claim to this prisoner whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually reminded me of when Picard was trying to negotiate with the Shelly And he was like, please don't kill this, you know, human colony that's on your planet. And mm-hmm. here are all the reasons. And they were just like, nah, and just beamed him back to a ship. They were like, stop mm-hmm. talking. Like we're, yeah. we're not having this conversation. And I totally got flashbacks to that where I'm like, he's just stalling. He's trying his best. He's trying to negotiate, but really, he doesn't have a leg to stand on.
0: If they want to kill this guy, that's
1: their right. And he, he doesn't can't do anything about it.
0: You're right. And Sunod has this crazy technology because he triggers some sort of Darth Vader use of the force asphyxia device, mm-hmm. and everybody aboard the Enterprise collapses and is unable to breathe. It's suffocating to death, which is so brutal. Yes, which I'm like, I feel like. This is something Shields should have been able to stop. Now I don't think Shields can device, stop the force. What? What? What device do you guys have aboard your ship that sucks all the air out of my ship? I do not understand. Oh, it I don't was know. Really cool. sucked the
1: air out. Of, yeah, I don't know if it sucked the air out of the ships or if it physically like closed the windpipes of people. Like, but even still, more, I took it. But either way, like, insane man, woman, child, everybody, including Data, which is stupid. But including Data, no, no, no. he was also no, on the ground. Data
0: didn't collide. Data was kneeling over Captain Picard and was just kind of like watching him to be like, "Um, I don't know what to do about this. Oh, okay, because it looked like yeah. he stood up and like held his
1: throat or something. And I was like, that doesn't make any N- sense.
0: No, I didn't see that. Like I saw Data once everybody was kind of revived and Data was just sort of kneeling over Picard like, Sir? Um, mm, okay. Yeah, and so Beverly is like, you know, asphyxiating to death and John runs over to her and heals her. And then they run out into the hallway and they see other people. So they heal that person. And then he does kind of the touch panel. Yeah, he touches the wave wall. of light.
1: Yeah, of the ship. And then he can heal everybody on the entire ship with just one touch. Which is and incredible. He, it's incredible. And he told Beverly before that when that light beam hits him, he has this moment of clarity. And the light beam goes away and he loses his clarity. And he's confused again. But yes. at the moment when, he, when they start choking everybody to death, he remembers like his memory comes flooding back to him good timing um and as he's walking through the hall he tells beverly i know now i know who i am i know what i'm doing i know what's going on i know yeah i know everything and you're like "Ooh, what is it john what is it yeah so he saves everybody thank god because there's like over a thousand people who are choking to death right now and
0: they head to the bridge um because that's where all the action happens. <laughs> yep. <So. laughs> yep, And John now knows that his species is on the verge of like this next incredible step in their evolution. And Sunad and all of his, the higher ups were, were like telling people in the society that this was like a sickness and eliminating everybody who showed signs of this, like metamorphosis. Um, and so this transfiguration has never taken place like to completion and john is the first that is like reached the final step of this metamorphosis and he transforms into like this light energy being and he's he he's able to because sunat is like destroy the ship and they have comparable weapons to the enterprise so john is able to like just with his hand kind of like a cue like transport sunat onto the bridge of the enterprise and kind of tell everybody like this is what's been happening to my people they've been killing us mm-hmm. we four of us tried to escape the other three were killed but i'm the only one and so he sends Sunad back and he's able to like thank the crew and, and thank Beverly, especially for like caring for him. And mm-hmm. he touches her cheek. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And it turns out that not a lot of stuff was done in post. The actor was wearing one of those like complete, like body stocking kind of like mm-hmm. Lycra things. You could see like mm-hmm. his nose sticking out and his mouth kind of moving. Mm-hmm. And they just sort of in post kind of put a little like glow around him. But that's it. He mm-hmm. was wearing like a neon yellow, like body, Suit thing. That makes um, sense
1: because you could hear his voice too, sounded like something was in front of his mouth when he yes, was talking.
0: He was muffled. He was definitely muffled. Um, So he thanks everybody, and him and Beverly have this like sweet little moment. And then he turns mm-hmm. into kind of like this ball of light. Mm-hmm. So even that like yellow body of his that was pure light was like temporary. And I wonder, Mm -hmm. can he travel around as a ball of light? And then he like lands where he wants to land. And he's like that body of yellow again. I don't know. But I thought it was really, really cool. Like what an incredible story. What an incredible story. Mm -hmm. And to not upset the balance of the crew that
1: they already have, they found a way to write out Beverly's love interests. So we don't have to talk about it anymore, but they wrote them out in a way that's like bittersweet where you're like, oh, it's sad, but also this is great. This is amazing. This is interesting. And Picard even says like our mission is to find new life. so we're so delighted that this happened on the enterprise that we got a chance to actually see it and witness it and like a birth of a new
0: species Mm -hmm. yeah
1: which is incredible you're you're sad for beverly you're sad for john because john does say he doesn't have the words for his gratitude or his sorrow over leaving beverly like for meeting her and for leaving her so it's sad but it's also sweet it's a good ending
0: it is really sweet now they do bring this idea back in lower decks just so you know. Oh, do they? Mm -hmm. Ooh, I can't wait to watch that. So here is, here is a final thought slash question I had. We never see Jordy and Christy together again. I don't know if the actress comes back. I don't remember. I didn't know. I didn't know she came back this time until I saw her Mm -hmm. and I was like, that's the chick from the holodeck. Um, so, you know, Jordy does say Thank you to John for like giving me the confidence like I needed and he's like I don't think I gave you anything I just maybe like unlocked something that you had already in you which is of course a very magnanimous thing to say. Mm-hmm. But like what happens to Jordy and Christy after this? I don't think we ever see them again, do we? I don't remember. Um but I think so. It doesn't last. They don't get
1: married. They don't have kids. They don't go fly off into the sunset. But I'm just happy that he had a good date. He's <laughs> been you know, dating her for like months and months and months and who knows yeah. how long. So I'll, I'll take that as a win. (laughs) Do you have any other final thoughts before we wrap? You know, no, just that this episode was really good. Like this is high quality season three. And I do just feel like the show just gets better and better
0: from here. So yeah, that's it for me. What about for you? I mean, I couldn't agree with you more because next week we're talking season three, episode 26, best of both worlds, part one. And for those of you who May not remember just by the title. This is the Picard gets abducted by the Borg episode, and it's a two parter, and it's probably the best TNG episode of all. I mean, I know Inner Light gets a lot of love, and I do love Inner Light, but this mm-hmm. one is like, ah, uh, it's got everything. So I can't wait. It just keeps getting better and better. And I cannot believe, So we're already at the end of season three. And, and about to jump into season four. Yeah. Like in a couple weeks, like this is bonkers. insane. <laughs> we just started with encounter at far point and that was a garbage episode and things have just gotten mm-hmm. so much better. So thank you guys so much for listening. We love having you along the ride with us. Questions, comments, info at the TNG Check us out on Instagram at the TNG podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Bye everybody. Thanks for geeking out with us.
1: Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.